Food, water, shelter, and nesting are all vital to attracting birds to your backyard. Multiple food sources are also helpful. Shop a wide variety of feeders, waterers, and bird food at Blaine's Farm and Fleet to keep your feathered friends happy and healthy all year long. Here at the Shank of the Day on Friday on Wax, Bob and Jill with you, and very exciting day today because uh, Jill is getting excited. Tomorrow is a big day. <laughs> I, I appreciate that you uh, wore your graduation gown in here to show off and let everybody see what you're going to look like tomorrow. Well, I just wanted to get the wrinkles out. Well, that's a good thing. Graduating from UW-Stout tomorrow. What time do you walk? One thirty. Ah, good. Congratulations. That's uh, that's an accomplishment. No question about it. Anytime you, you get something like that done. So I was going to say especially later later in life. <laughs> but, hey, but, but it still the, didn't, it didn't take me much extra time when no, you consider that I worked full-time all the way through it. Yep, so. No, congratulations. That's a big accomplishment. And... Uh, Congratulations to Jill and all our other college graduates or high school graduates or whatever accomplishments uh, you are uh, involved in this spring. It's always nice to talk about those things. So Jill will graduate tomorrow over at UW-Stout at one thirty. All right, what else is going on? Brent will be in. Brent Wink will be in a little bit later on this morning on our uh, Winfield United program covering the crops, as he always is, just uh, kind of getting started here. We'll see if... Any progress? He's got any place where the wheels have been rolling? They have been in some places. Might slow down a little bit with our weather forecast. Also, we'll have a program later on in uh, spring lending trends, what's going on there. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to share more of the names of uh, schools and uh, young FFA members who were in Madison here a week or so ago and state judging. We had some winners down there, so that'll be nice, and they'll be recognized at the upcoming Wisconsin State FFA Convention. So uh, that'll be happening here in just a little over a month as we're getting uh, close to uh, June. And the FFA Convention in Madison. We'll have to get uh, Casey Dank and some of her officers in here to give us uh, some of the highlights of the upcoming convention. So uh, again, Casey Dank has had a great year as the leader. Casey, of course, from the Mondovi FFA chapter. So what's going on? What did I miss? I don't know what you missed. Sounds to me like you got everything covered. All right. Well, we got most of it covered. We'll have other uh, news to talk about. Farm Technology Days, we've got uh, a new home for that in 2025. So uh, hopefully they're catching up. Normally those things are announced earlier, but a uh, little change in regime and the way the program is handled makes it uh, a little bit different as far as what we've uh, known for the last 40, 50 years with Farm Technology Days. But uh this year, Baraboo, next year, Chippewa County, and we'll tell you about 2025 and a whole lot more coming up here on a Friday morning at Wax. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Quick check of our weather on a Friday morning here at Wax, brought to you by the Chilson Automotive Group, and there's new 2023 Subaru Ascents, now available at ChilsonMotors.com. And uh, some rain off and on in the forecast uh, the next few days today, right on through Monday, it looks like. But nice warm temperatures, uh, 60s today and tomorrow, 76 on Sunday, 73 on Monday, and partly sunny Tuesday and Wednesday also in the 70s. And uh, right now, we are looking at a temperature around here, well, it's about uh, 51 degrees in the Chippewa Valley, and taking a look around the state, the warm spot this morning, 
down in the Madison Sun Prairie area. They're already at uh, 61 degrees down there, a hot time in the old town tonight. So, again, it's warming up and temperatures, uh, well, we can say finally they're going to be above average for a while. So uh, that will be nice, and hopefully you get out and enjoy it, and hopefully the weather is going to cooperate enough we can get some work done. And it is 5 o'clock, about a minute after this is 104.5 FM, WAXX Eau Claire. And it's time for us to get some Friday morning news. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. Four members of the far-right Proud Boys group were convicted of seditious conspiracy Thursday for their role in the January the 6th, 2021 attack on the U.S. Capitol. Former Proud Boys chairman Enrique Terrios defense attorney Naib Hassan says they plan to appeal. We respect the jury's verdict today, although we disagree with it, but we respect it. And at this point in time, we're currently drafting uh, all the appellate paperwork to proceed forward. A fifth Proud Boy member, also on trial for seditious conspiracy, was found not guilty. Seditious conspiracy is defined as a plot to overthrow the government and is from the Civil War era. The trial of the white nationalist group has been ongoing since December. Two senators are sponsoring a bill to extend President Biden's authority to expel migrants seeking asylum without a hearing when that power expires next week. White House Press Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre says the Biden administration is still favoring the move to deploy 1,500 active-duty troops to the border to handle administrative tasks. The president has used the tools that he has in front of him uh, to, uh, to prepare ahead of uh, Title 42 lifting. The bill, authored by Arizona Independent Kirsten Cinema and North Carolina Republican Tom Tillis, is aimed at holding off an expected surge at the southern border when Title 42 expires on Thursday, May the 11th. The bill would give Biden authority to expel asylum seekers without being tied to public health. Cinema and Tillis introduced their bill on the same day that Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas visited the border in Texas' Rio Grande Valley. The man accused in Wednesday's mass shooting in Atlanta was allegedly upset over not being able to receive medication. Dion Patterson is charged with one count of murder and four counts of aggravated assault. He allegedly opened fire in the waiting room of a medical facility, killing one woman and injuring four others. And the 149th running of the Kentucky Derby gets underway this weekend. The one-and-a-quarter-mile race features 20 horses battling on Saturday at Churchill Downs. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Put the winter coats away. It's warming up in Wisconsin. Let's take a look at our wax weather this morning. Brought to you by the Chilson Automotive Group. Hey, that means camping season. Get your camper ready for summer. Wake-up packages are now available at ChilsonRV.com. And, yeah, maybe you want to go camping. Uh, a little rain, but I don't think it's going to be a washout type of rain. Off and on today, tomorrow, maybe Sunday into Monday. But temperatures, 60s today and tomorrow, 70s uh, Sunday and Monday. Then Tuesday and Wednesday, it'll be partly sunny with temperatures in the 70s. I like that. Right now, the cool spots of uh, major reporting stations around here, Medford 38, Otherwise, Rice Lake and Wausau at 44, Marshfield at 45, La Crosse 57, it's 51 in Green Bay, 57 in Milwaukee, and it's 61 down in the Madison Sun Prairie area right here in our area. It's 51 degrees. Let's wrap up the numbers, shall we? Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Friday morning markets on Wax brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance and Jill, the cash livestock numbers. 
Choice fed beef steers are 168 to 184 with mixed at 112 to 167. Choice fed beef heifers are 169 to 179 with mixed at 119 to 169. Choice fed Holstein steers are 140 to 148 with select and silage fed steers 87 to 139. Cows are 80 to 94 with a top of 120. Bulls are 84 to 111. Butcher hogs are 37 to 66 with sows 20 and down. No quote on the boars. On the boars, onshore and market lambs are 140 to 162. Feeder lambs are a dollar to 220. Ewes are 42 to 140. Small goats are 35 to 180. Medium goats are 85 to 295. Large goats are 95 to 385. Nanny goats are 45 to 285. And taking a look at the Mercantile Exchange futures market, cattle prices were mixed yesterday. Hogs were lower. June live cattle down seven one sixty one fifty seven at the close. August down twelve one fifty nine forty two, and the October contract down fifteen cents one sixty three eighty five. December one sixty eight fifty five. That was up two cents. May feeder cattle up twenty two at two hundred three sixty five, and August was down thirty seven at two twenty three fifteen. September feeder cattle two twenty six sixty seven down seven cents. October up a dime at two twenty eight sixty two, and November up twenty five at two twenty nine twenty two. Hogs down across the board. May hogs seventy seven oh seven down a dollar seven. June eighty seven fifteen down eighty five. July eighty eight twenty five down a dollar seven. August eighty nine fifty five that was down ninety five. Board of Trade was lower yesterday. Better planning weather around the country put some pressure on prices. Also, corn under pressure. More corn cancellation from some of those foreign countries, that uh, mainly China, that had ordered corn. Overnight, July corn did go up two cents, though, at five ninety one this morning. Oats up four to five at three twenty three. Wheat up three at six forty eight. July soybeans up nine at fourteen twenty six this morning. And soybean meal up two ten a ton at four hundred twenty six dollars and seventy cents. Dairy markets again. It's been a, not a good week for dairy markets. Barrel cheese down three and three quarters at one fifty four and three quarters. Blocks down two and a half, one sixty six and a half. Butter was unchanged, two forty four and a half. May class three down eight at sixteen sixty eight. June down two at seventeen oh six. July down seven at seventeen seventy seven. August down four at eighteen fifty three. <laughs> but the only thing we can throw you as far as a bone. September up a penny at $19.16. Well, we're off and rolling. It's ten and a half minutes after 5 o'clock, 51 degrees. Little rain out there sprinkled this morning. Uh, when I came in, the, lice, the uh, windshield wipers on intermittent, so not real heavy, at least around here. Not sure about where you are, but rain off and on, it looks like, about the next three or four days. But it's going to be nice and warm. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Once again, 51 degrees and grain bin butchery. And you don't, uh, don't see a lot of them coming out to the, uh, coming out to the farm anymore. So uh, again, and it's tough to, as you know, being in the business, uh, slaughter scheduled at the packing plants and the yeah. processing facilities. Yeah, I almost have uh, scheduled up before my calves are even born. Yeah, it's that tight out there, that's for sure, and that's why the big emphasis in Wisconsin to expand uh, the processing of the meat in Wisconsin, because there's a lot of demand for it, and uh, Grain Bin Butchery is uh, a place that uh, you can get her done right there on the farm. 14 minutes after 5 o'clock, 
Any more calves on the ground, by the way? I think we'll have one more today because right. she was pretty nervous last night. All right. Well, just kind of like you getting ready for graduation. You yeah. and that old cow are nervous, huh? Yeah, I didn't <laughs> sleep very good last night. I kept thinking about hanging out my uh, gown. and. There you go. And uh, Well, that's a good thing. And again, if you missed it, Jill will graduate from college tomorrow at UW-Stout. That's a good thing. But you got to work first. What's going on in some of the news? Well, there will be a Farm Bill Roundtable meeting in on Monday in Loyal. The event is being organized by 7th District Congressman Tom Tiffany. About 15 presenters will be from all segments of agriculture, including farmers, agribusiness people, farm organization representatives, and others to discuss what needs to be in the 2023 Farm Bill. The session will not be open to the public. Wisconsin Farm Technology Days has a home for 2025. Show organizers announced earlier this week that the show will be held at the Clinton Farm near Bear Creek in Outagamie County. It will be the third time the Clinton family has hosted the show. The first time was back in 1978 when the show was called Wisconsin Farm Progress Days. Back then, the farm was 320 acres with a herd of 300 head. And in 2023, they hosted the 50th show, and then that's when it was changed to Farm Technology Days. What, what year did that? Not 2023. Oh, 2003. Sorry. 2003. 2003 okay. was okay. the 50th show. And that was when it was the Farm Technology Days. And they had 150 cows and they had expanded to 2,300 acres. And by the time the show comes in in 2025, the farm will have expanded to 1,000 cows and 2,300 acres with the 50 cow Wakato style rotary milking parlor. The show dates are August 5th through the 7th in 2025. This year's show will be in Baraboo, July 18th through the 20th, with a 2024 show in Chippewa County from August 13th through the 15th at the Country Fest grounds near Kadat. And the official class, the official April Class 3 milk price came out this week at $18.52 a hundred. That's up 42 cents from March but $5.90 less than last April. For the first four months of the year, the Class 3 average is $18.46. Last year, the Class 3 price averaged $21.96, with last May being the highest monthly Class 3 price ever at $25.21, with the highest yearly average coming back in 2014, when it hit $22.84. Oh, fond memories. The good old days. Uh, but uh, a year ago in May, twenty five twenty one, And as we just uh, shared with you earlier, currently the May... Cl- what's that? 1852. What's that? The, but I'm saying when we shared earlier, when the May price last year was twenty five twenty one, we just shared with you that the current May Class 3 price is sixteen sixty eight. So... You know, not many folks can take a big hit of nine dollars a hundred in their milk price. That's a that's dropping a, a lot of a lot of money down the drain. So again, got to get it up. But uh, again, it's a it's a challenge out there, and that's why this farm bill is so very very important. And all this discussion will be going on. Tom Tiffany having that on Monday. He's not on the agriculture committee. Derek Van Orden is from the third district, and he said that Glenn Thompson is going to have a hearing in Wisconsin. Haven't heard that yet, but we've got plenty of time. And uh, because then they get on the hill with all the information they've collected from around the country, that's when they'll start really getting into it. But again, waiting for uh, 
Derek Van Orden to try and talk Glenn Thompson into bringing one of those hearings to Wisconsin. He's had them in California and all over the country, but so far not in Wisconsin. About 18 and a half minutes after 5 o'clock. Thank you, Jill. We've got more farm news, and as I said, hopefully we'll share some of the uh, the kiddos with you as far as the FFA members and their success down in Madison a week ago. And again, for your planning, a little rain off and on over the weekend through Monday, but temperatures are going to be warm, upper 60s to 70s. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, looks like next week will be a pretty good week for, I don't know, three or four days at least of uh Partly to mostly sunny skies with temperatures in the 70s. we got to get her going. 19 minutes after 5 o'clock, spring lending trends as far as what paying for ag land and different things. We'll hear about that next right here on Wax. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Farm incomes have been on the rise for the past five years. And while they may drop some in 2023, they will still remain at a healthy level. That's according to Blaine Nelson, senior economist on the strategy, research, and analytics team at Farmer Mac. I'm Charity Seebecker from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. Nelson describes what we can expect this year in terms of acreage, commodity prices, and farmland values. So farm incomes peaked last year, according to the USDA's February report, on a net cash farm income level, nearly $200 billion. Highest level on record uh, on an inflation-adjusted basis and certainly on a nominal basis. So very strong farm incomes last year. The year before, they were also strong. We've seen farm incomes on the rise, actually, for the past four, five, six years. What's interesting is that the USDA doesn't see that momentum necessarily carrying forward. And it's not necessarily likely that they would, given that we peaked at record levels last year. We're going to decline about 23% this year, according to their report. It's a headline-grabbing number, 23% decline in farm incomes. That is, on a normal year, a pretty big drop. The thing to keep in mind is that it's only to $150 billion, which is about 50% higher than the historical average. So farm incomes are likely to remain elevated this year. That's the way USDA sees it. They're going to be down off of last year, but still at a very healthy level. And the farm sector overall remains in a really good spot. What is the acreage forecast? I know USDA's report maybe isn't exactly the same as Wisconsin's annual crop average. Take me through that comparison and then how that plays into even farm expenses and things like that. The USDA currently sees more corn and wheat acres this year acres of soybeans is supposed to stay stable over here at a national level. For Wisconsin, they see it running a little bit counter. Um, soybean acres actually supposed to increase in Wisconsin. Wheat acres supposed to decline, hay acres down, and then corn relatively flat. So somewhat counter to the national trends, it is a reflection of what's gone on in the state of Wisconsin for the past 30 years. Fewer dairy cattle has led to fewer acres of hay needed. On the other end of the spectrum, soybean profitability, especially in the upper Midwest, has increased pretty drastically over the past few decades. And so it's only natural that you would see the increase in soybean acres. There is something to be said as well. Expenses for soybeans do historically run lower than corn, mainly because they require significantly less amount of fertilizer. And so when we think about a high input cost year, and that's what the USDA thought it was going to be, It it is only natural that you would see more acres of soybeans. It's interesting in their prospective planning report that they didn't see that at the national level. They did see more acres of corn and soybeans staying flat. Uh, But, you know, 
it's only a March report, and, and this is their projection based on um, what they were seeing going into the year. We'll learn a lot more when their June report comes out with actually what people planted. I wouldn't be surprised at all if we did see more acres of soybeans than we than that were actually planted last year on the national level. How are commodity prices looking this year compared to past years? Commodity prices are down compared to where they were last year. It's unfortunate, but you know it really is a reflection of the fact that last year we saw a huge supply disruption from the Ukraine war. They're still at elevated levels. Farmers should still be profitable given what the current futures prices show, but they are going to have to manage their margins a little bit more proactively than they probably had to last year. Farm expenses have come up in aggregate. We have seen a bit of a pullback in farm expenses that should help preserve, again, some of those, when you think about a profit margin, the decline in commodity prices, you've also seen a pullback in some expenses. Cash rental rates, seed costs, a lot of those non-energy related prices are up though this year, and that's going to compress margins. When we think about where we're going moving forward, you, you have to take into account our competitors. Latin America has a very big crop coming to market, and that's going to absorb a lot of that export demand. Argentina is suffering from a drought, and so there is hope that maybe the U.S. can slide in and take some of that demand that generally goes to the Argentina producers. But Brazil's crop is so large that they are in a pretty good spot to fill that instead of the U.S. So it'll be interesting. Uh, Lower prices probably overall this year compared to last year, but still at a very profitable level. When it comes to hay prices, how is drought driving the regional differences throughout the U.S. that you're seeing? And how is that going to affect Wisconsin specifically? So Wisconsin... Luckily, not suffering from the same drought conditions that have plagued the U.S. Southwest. Hay prices in California this past winter skyrocketed, really a reflection of how bad the drought got there last year. When we think about, okay, moving forward, what do we see happening? Well, the drought is largely abated in California, but it's migrated to the southern plains. And there, the beef cattle sector relies heavily on pasture in that area. And so, because the drought is so intense, it's hit the pasture quality and beef producers there have had two options, right? They can either sell their cattle or they can go out and buy feed. They've really done a little bit of both. Feed inventory levels, if you think at hay inventory across the U.S. is down this year, it's a reflection of increased demand because pasture conditions are bad. But even with the ability to buy feed, a lot of producers have just had to sell cattle. And so, you know, hay prices moving forward, they're likely to remain somewhat elevated depending on what type of a crop we see really across the U.S. this year. Uh, but luckily for producers in the Midwest, they haven't had to pay, at least dairy producers, I should say in Wisconsin, haven't had to pay maybe the same elevated prices that they would have if they were located in the U.S. Southwest. What trends are you seeing in farmland values? They have started to slow, and we started to see that really at the back end of 2022 and now through this spring. Several reasons why. I won't kind of define them all, but higher interest rates, right? A lot of headlines about that. Lower commodity prices kind of weighing on profitability. We've discussed that. And then just a, an increase in the amount of acreage being brought to market this year. A lot of absentee landlords or retiring farmers have looked at record farmland values, and they said, hey, it's a great time to sell and uh, cash in on this. And so we've seen a lot more of those acres being brought to uh, market and sold. It hasn't weighed too heavily on farmland values, but you have seen the rate of increase really start to slow. How do agriculture exports affect those farmland values then? Where's the trends of comparison there? Because 
some people may not think you're exporting things. How does that affect the land? But it does. It does. And, um, you know, I think it's really interesting to look over a long term. The correlation between agricultural exports in the U.S. and farmland values, it's almost one to one. It makes sense. Exports are such an important component of farm incomes overall. Exports account for about 20 percent of uh, U.S. agricultural production. So it's a key part. When we see greater export demand, we see higher farm incomes and farmers tend to invest back in uh, their primary asset, which is farmland. And so um, we saw record exports last year, nearly $200 billion. And um, that really led to the boost in incomes that I've already discussed and, um, and higher farmland values. Looking ahead, we're really going to want to probably see a weaker U.S. dollar in terms of helping kind of encourage U.S. exports from a uh, competitive standpoint globally. But um, so far this year, the first two months of data that's out shows that the U.S. agricultural exports are on pace with last year, which, again, was a record year. Um, and so that's conducive, hopefully, for uh, higher farm incomes that should help offset some of the higher interest rates. And again, uh, what's going on as far as the spring planning? Yeah, that weaker dollar people think, oh, that's not good. No, it makes our products more competitive in the world market, something we see right now, right now because, as we uh, said earlier, more cancellation of uh, advanced corn orders. Uh, is that Brazilian crop ready going out at a cheaper price? But again, it's uh, going to be a challenge with those spring lending trends. Blaine Nelson, a senior economist at MAC, explaining some of those things for us today. 29 minutes after 5 o'clock, we've got some news. we got weather. We'll get caught up with Mike, find out what's going on in the weather. But again, uh, if you haven't seen it yet, the House of Gouda is in Eau Claire. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And let's get to someone else on our Wax staff who's outstanding in her field. And that's where she is this morning. That's Morgan McCarthy. As we take a look at the news, Morgan, good morning. What's going on? Oh, good morning. Here's what we're learning today as we start in the courts. And we know it's a $100,000 bond for a man who allegedly made threats against a judge and a prosecutor in Chippewa County. Harley Alcala of Duluth was in court in Chippewa Falls yesterday for his first appearance on terroristic threat charges. The DA says Alcala threatened the court Tuesday morning and he was arrested on his way home from Minnesota to the courthouse in Chippewa Falls. That was that hiccup on Highway 53. Well, in fact, authorities did have to call in the SWAT team and a negotiator to get him out of the car as the judge in the case said he will notify the public if Alcala is able to post his bond. Looking to other headlines that stretch the state, the jury will get a case against a teenager accused of a violent rape of an elderly woman in Waukesha two years ago. Prosecutors called their final witnesses yesterday, and the teenager, Khalil Perry, opted not to testify. Perry is accused of kidnapping, robbing, and then assaulting an 88-year-old woman outside of the Waukesha Public Library in 2021. Yesterday, prosecutors played his interview with police where he admitted to kidnapping and robbing the woman, but denied sexually assaulting her. As we look to other headlines, it could be a reach across the aisle in Madison. The latest pitch for election reforms in our state has a buy-in from both Republicans and Democrats. Looking closer yesterday, there was a group of lawmakers that suggested new laws that would add security for our poll workers, require military ID numbers for all military ballots in the state, stop local election managers from closing more than half of their polls, and... 
It would have the state cover costs of special elections. Supporters say the idea is to make Wisconsin's elections safer and more secure, though it's not clear how Governor Evers would feel if that landed on his desk. Well, getting local, it's big money for Dwarf Stars. UW-Eau Claire gets a big grant to look at those, specifically $526,000 in the National Science Foundation grant to study white dwarf stars. Dr. William Wolf is an assistant professor of physics and astronomy at UW-Eau Claire and will lead a team this summer to do that research. And a lot of people have stars in their eyes if they're laying bets tomorrow for the Derby. You no, know, Bob is a fan of watching the 149th running of the Kentucky Derby underway this weekend. Those betting favorites for this year's race are Forte, followed by Tappet Trice. But moving away from the hooves, let's look at those hats for just a minute. When the Derby was new, a man or a woman wouldn't dream of attending such an event without a fancy hat. They became more of a whimsical statement when television cameras appeared, and now they're just plain fun. The average Derby-style hat will set you back at least $250. The most expensive hat at the Derby cost $3 million, but it had diamonds all over it. The old standard for men is the Panama fedora, and for women, from fascinators to full-on hats, make sure you bring out the color, the flowers, and feathers. Lots of feathers. I'm Bree Tennis, NBC News Radio. Speaking of hats, Jill will be wearing one to walk the stage. Hope you get to throw that cap. Congratulations on graduation as we head back to the barn with Bob Bosel, Jill Welke, and your Midwest Farm Report on Wax 104.5. Thank you, Morgan. What kind of, you want a seed corn cap for graduation tomorrow? <laughs> what are you going to wear for, what kind of hat are you going to have on? I actually did dig it out because I want to know if there was actually a, uh, tassel that was with it because I thought maybe I had to pick it up. Yeah, you got to move the tassel from one side to the other after you walk across. Yeah, it'll probably fall off well, on me. <laughs> my hat fell off. <laughs> maybe they were trying to tell me something. <laughs> All right, thanks, Morgan. As we uh, move along here on a uh, Friday morning, another college graduate is going to join us right now. Mike Dandry over there at Skywarn 13. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Bob. You remember your graduation day? Well, that's the thing is that I didn't get one because what? of COVID. Oh, really? You didn't get to walk, huh? Nope. Oh, that's what school was it? St. Cloud State. Oh, that's a great school. That's a great school. So, well, congratulations. And maybe when Jill's done with hers, we'll let you borrow her gown and cap and <laughs> walk around the weather room. All right. I, I could do that. Right. As long as you hand me, like, you know, yesterday's paper or something to be <laughs> like my diploma or whatever. There you go. But uh, again, uh, college graduation, congratulations. It's an accomplishment to, to get through college. What kind of weather are we going to have for a graduation day? Well, today we'll have a mostly cloudy sky, possibly a few chances at some showers. They're not going to be an all-day washout, but we'll have chances on and off throughout the day. Highs mostly into the mid-60s, so temperature-wise not so bad, about as close to average as we can ask for. Tonight, a few more chances at some showers, possibly a few storms through the overnight. Those may linger into the early hours of Saturday morning, but we should have mostly dry Saturday until later on into the afternoon. Clouds will still remain dominant, so that's some good news for those that are going out fishing. Otherwise, we'll have highs once again into the upper 60s. Sunday, highs into the mid-70s, and we'll stay dry. Clouds and sun for the first half of the day, but we'll have a few chances at some showers and storms into the afternoon and into the evening. Should be drying things out towards the start of next week, as we'll have intervals of clouds and sun both for Monday and Tuesday. And then we should tap into a little bit more sunshine towards the middle of next week with highs into the mid-70s. But right now, mostly cloudy and a temperature of 50 degrees in Eau Claire. Ah, nice morning out there. So uh, guys that can't get in the field shouldn't be a lot of dust problems, huh? Exactly, yeah. And then uh, if you're going out fishing tomorrow, just maybe bring that rain gear with you just in case. Ah, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, still cloudy sky. I mean, couldn't really ask for better conditions. You going fishing? 
I want to, but I'm going to WBAs in Madison. So what does that mean for you? What are you doing, getting an award? Well, we had our, one of our newscasts nominated uh, for when we had a snowstorm back in yep. December and the power outages. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that one got nominated for best newscast, so I'll be down in Madison tomorrow. Well, have a good trip. Thank you so much, Bob. Have a good one. All right, there goes Mike Dandry over there at Skywarn 13 with our Weather on Wax, brought to you by the Wisconsin Farmers Union. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. All right, 21 minutes before 6 o'clock. Still a lot of chores to do. And Jill, uh, some more of that news. Looking for members, soybean growers, huh? Yep, another commodity board is looking for candidates to serve. This time, it's the Wisconsin Soybean Board seeking candidates for District 1 and District 7. District 1 is the growers in Ashland, Barron, Bayfield, Burnett, Chippewa, Clark, Douglas Iron, Marathon, Portage, Price, Rust, Taylor, Sawyer, Washburn, and Wood Counties. District 7 is mostly in eastern Wisconsin. Nominations are due by June 1st, with the election to be conducted by mail from July 10th through August 15th. Those elected will start their three-year terms on September 1st. That board oversees the collection and use of about $2 million in asset assessments, Paid by state soybean growers, the Department of Agriculture, Trade, and Consumer Protection will again handle the election and count all those votes. All right. Now, last uh, week ago Thursday, we had a lot of kids, FFA members down in Madison with their teams. Uh, We told you about some, but uh, the rest of the teams from our area that were successful in their contests. Well, in the milk products and quality, Owen Withy took first and a gold, and Cochrane Fountain City took Fourth, Anna Gold in the Milk Products and Quality. In Nursery Landscape, Stanley Boyd took second and a gold. In Poultry, Thorpe took second and a gold. And in Wildlife, our uh, schools from around the area swept it, the top five. So in first place was Alma, Elma, and second place was Cochrane Fountain City. And I did find out that they had the same score, but they had to wait it out. So Cochrane Fountain City ended up with second. In third is Gilman, Hudson is in fourth, and Chippewa Falls is in fifth, and they all earned gold ratings. Cochran Fountain City wasn't wild enough? I guess not. Evidently, that team needs to get wilder to finish in first place, huh? Actually, I think they said they lost by their practicum and one point. Oh, boy. Well, congratulations. That's uh, great. Uh, We'll see those awards presented down at the State FFA Convention coming up in June. So those are all the teams, and... uh, Next week, we'll get you some of the individuals that placed very, very high in that state competition down at Madison the last week for FFA members. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's 19 minutes before 6 o'clock. Air temperature is 50 degrees. Soil temperature is also 50 degrees. It's time to hear from Jim Lindsay and Equity Altoona. Did we have the... Uh Soil thermometer out there? Of course, it's getting planning time now, but just... Uh, yeah, I said air temperature is 50 degrees and soil temperature was 50 degrees. Oh, okay. I missed that. I wasn't paying attention. Okay. That's so, okay. All right. So where are we going here with the markets? We're going to head over to Altoona Equity and hear from Jim Lindsay. 
Choice beef steers nuffers dollar thirty five to a dollar sixty eight. Choice dairy cross steers nuffers dollar thirty five to a dollar sixty five. High yielding choice and prime Holstein steers a dollar forty seven to a dollar fifty five. Choice Holstein steers a dollar thirty five to a dollar forty six. Select under finished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers a dollar thirty four and down. Top twenty percent of the cull cows sold from ninety three to a dollar nine. We had a top of a dollar eleven. Sixty percent of the cows sold from fifty nine to ninety two. The bottom twenty percent of the cows sold from fifty eight and down. Organic market from Tuesday eighty percent of the organic cows sold from a dollar thirty to a dollar forty two. Bottom 20% organic cows sold from $1.29 and down. Cull bulls sold from $90 to $1.10. Thin, full, horn, and lightweight bulls all discounted. 80% of the 95-pound and up Holstein bull calves sold from $150 to $310 per head. Light and poor quality calves sold from $150 per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from $200 to $465 per head. Thursday hog market sows sold from $18 to $24. Boars sold from $4 to $6. There was no test on the butchers. Our next special feeder sale is Friday, May 12th. All feeder sales are live on Kettle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Kettle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock Market Consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, let's get over to the Equity Stratford sale. Bon Jerry Fitzgerald is up and at him and with us at a quarter to six, a little earlier than usual. But I wanted to get you on earlier, Jer, because uh, I ran across a guy that you're familiar with yesterday. I had a nice long conversation with him, old Dave Fishbacher, who used to run the uh, El Tuna sale barn. And we got into conversation, and uh, you were brought up. And I don't how many stories do you want me to tell that he shared with me. <laughs> well, most of them probably aren't fit for the air, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I talked Fair to the first time I've talked to Dave in quite a while. We did have a, a nice chat talking about uh, a lot of things, including including sale barn activity and uh, just a tremendous auctioneer and a tremendous guy, Dave Fishbacher, wasn't he? Isn't it, isn't yeah, where did you happen to run? Where did you happen to run into him at? At the barber shop. We were both getting our ears lowered, so uh, we had oh. a nice conversation. Well, they, uh, uh, yeah, no, Dave. Uh, I keep in touch with Dave. Uh, yeah, that's what he said. That's but... what he said. You call him every once in a while to check up on things, but uh, he was looking good, and it was uh, good to talk today. We had a nice conversation, and obviously, your name was brought up. And you know, uh, how many other people call you by the same nickname that he calls you? Oh, a lot of them. It depends what kind of mood they're in. <laughs> uh, he calls you Pee Wee. Yep. So <laughs> anyway, right. well, it's good. It's good to hear that Dave is doing well. Yep. Like I said, we keep in touch, and he—I uh, mean, he was uh, did the market reports on Wax Radio for my oh, goodness, yeah. I don't know how many years. Yep, Dave. Uh, I always loved to listen to him auctioneer. He was, and I'm sure still is, uh, one of the best. He can really, he can really, uh, really sing it. That's for sure. Well, Pee Wee, wrap up the week over at Stratford. We better do that, Bob. I thank you very much, and a very good morning to everyone. A summary from a very busy week here at Equity Stratford. Closed out yesterday. Cow market continued to be in good demand. High yielding fleshy Holstein cows in yesterday's auction, selling from ninety three to a dollar six. We did top this week in the cow market at one oh nine. Uh, most of the cows this week seventy two to ninety two, and your thinner cows, these plain light carcass cows, seventy dollars and below. On the fed cattle trade this week, choice grading Holstein steers mostly from uh, one thirty five to one forty seven. High choice, uh, high yielding choice, and strictly prime grade Holsteins, one forty seven up to one fifty six and a half. Select cattle, under finished cattle, one thirty and below. On the bull trade, now these conventional bulls, mostly from ninety three 
up to 110, lighter bulls 90 and below. Uh, on Tuesday, we sell organic cows, and they were selling from 140 to 149 and a half on the higher yielding, better quality organics. Calf market, uh, pretty steady this week, a little bit softer yesterday, but the good quality Holstein bull calves, mostly from 150 to 275. On Monday's auction earlier in the week, of course, a lot of bull calves from 275 to a top of 345. Your heifer calves, mostly from uh, 40 to 80 on the close, up to a lot of heifer calves on Monday, again, up to 150. And good quality beef calves continue to be in very good demand, 250 to 450 on yesterday's sale. Again, on Monday, a lot of these beef calves selling from 500 up to a top of 570. And we do have a busy week scheduled here next week at Equity Stratford for marketing week, of course, four-day sale. But, again, we will have a dairy sale next Tuesday, May 9th, 11 o'clock. Complete herd dispersal, 100, around 100, uh, powder-free stall, Holstein cows, uh, milk in a powder-free stall. And, uh, again, uh, full herd dispersal, a lot of younger cows, a lot of first and second lactation cows. Uh, but there will be cows, uh, older older cows also. Again, the complete herd will be sold. Cows are on DHI test, very low somatic, and again, the owner is retiring. So this will be a good opportunity for you folks next Tuesday. Again, that will be at 11 o'clock. Next Wednesday will be our special breeding bull and bred beef cow sale. That will be at 1230. And certainly if you've got bulls to consign or bred beef cows, let us know. We'll put them on the list for you, 687-4101. And uh, looking at the calendar here, Bob, today is supposed to be full moon. Yeah, it looks like a big, bright, beautiful moon out there. So uh, hopefully How people will enjoy it. Yep. You got, uh, it's uh, kind of cloudy over here. Well, it's kind of uh, cloudy over here, though. Yeah, it's going to be that way. we got a few sprinkles falling. So, well, we'll let you have a... We'll let you go. Have a good weekend and uh, enjoy the Kentucky Derby or the coronation of King Charles or whatever. You have a good one. Yeah. Should I throw your name in for Milwaukee Bucks coach? <laughs> no, I don't need all that. I got enough problems right here, so I don't need that. Have a good one, you Jerry. Guys, you guys have a nice weekend. There he goes. Jerry Fitzgerald, the Equity Stratford Sale Barn. And the rest of our markets, looking at the Board of Trade, down yesterday, better planning weather around the country, and also another cancellation of a corn order. But overnight, July corn was up two cents, five ninety one. Oats up four to five at three twenty three. Wheat up three at six forty eight. July soybeans up nine at fourteen twenty six. July meal up two ten a ton at four twenty six seventy. Country elevator prices today. Northside elevator loyal location corns at five seventy four with soybeans at thirteen eighty nine. In Arcadia corns at five eighty and beans are at thirteen ninety eight. Wheat and grain Chippewa Falls and Connorsville location corns at five sixty two with soybeans at thirteen eighty nine. Checking the DTN screen for other country elevators. Golden Plump corn today is five eighty six. Baldwin and Durand have corn at five fifty five. Beans at Baldwin thirteen seventy six. Duran 1371. Corn at Mondovi is 559 today. Beans 1376 at Elmwood. 553 on the corn, 1376 on the beans. Down at Fall Creek, 546 for corn, 1351 at beans. And the Dacio, corn is uh, 575, beans 1376. Elk Mound, 567 and 1381. Sparta, corn is 570 this morning. 1352 on the beans and way over at Ellsworth on the river. 546 for the corn. 1351 on the beans. Ethanol plants. Boyceville, 596. Stanley corn, 592. New Richmond, 587. Barrel cheese down another three and three quarters. 154 and three quarters. Blocks down two and a half. 166 and a half. Butter unchanged, 244 and a half. Class three for May down eight at 1668. June down two at 1706. July down seven at 1777. August down four at 1853. 
September up one at 1916. Friday morning, Brent Wink joined us on our Winfield United Covering the Crops program. Morning, sir. Remember your graduation day? Good morning, Bob and Jill. Um, I don't. I didn't walk. I didn't walk across the stage. We you were, were one of those guys that was working. You were probably yeah, busy got, planting corn. Got, got out of college and started at the co-op and, you know, it was spring and got really crazy and busy. So I'll have to live vicariously through Jill this weekend and hopefully she'll have a camera and be Facebook or oh, I'm Facebook sure. living the event. I'm sure uh, it'll be all over social oh, media. Absolutely. Huge <laughs> event. Oh, absolutely. All seriousness, congratulations on that accomplishment. Yeah, wow. Yeah, that is a amazing feat. Yep, it is. To graduate from she, college. She has the best hat for the Kentucky Derby of anyone here in the room. That's right. That uh, gradu- What do they call those graduation hats? What are they cap and gown, but just a cap? Is that what they call it? It's just a cap. All right. Piece of cardboard. Cap. All right. Piece of cardboard. Expensive one. Yeah. <laughs> you been in the field yet or talked to many guys that have? Yeah. Wow. What a difference a week makes. Uh, dust and diesel kind of everywhere in the last several days. But, you know, rewind back to last weekend, we were having rain and snow and, and bad weather, and it didn't look like the a lot of activity would get going, but just about every county in my ter- uh, territory the last few days has really broke loose and corn and soybeans going in the ground and just amazing to see what growers can get done in such a short amount of time. Have a little bit of a rain delay, maybe over the weekend you're coming, but not so fortunate everywhere. My counterpart over in the Dorchester area, I talked with him last night, and uh, very few wheels turning over in that area. Yeah, that pretty, smells like gumbo still. Yeah, pretty wet and greasy, so not uh, not a lot going. But I want to touch uh, several phone calls coming in. Alfalfa Fields, uh, the dairy producers out there, we do have a fair amount of winter kill in some of the older stands, a lot of the fields I've looked at, if they're a new seeding field last year, they were seeded, or even the year prior, those fields, for the most part, look really, really good. Some of those older stands, though, did not fare real well. So as you're kind of watching it green up or not green up out in those fields, maybe get out. Really, the only way to determine that is to dig those crowns, the, the roots, and split them with a knife and kind of just look for discoloration in that root or if it's kind of a water-soaked look to it, uh, healthy roots might have a little bit of crown rot, but uh, they'll definitely have a nice white, almost woody, uh, carroty-type structure to them yet. So, you know, if some of those fields, if they're questionable, that makes your best corn crop for this year. So certainly don't hesitate to take those out, try and reseed something back into those fields, but... Really, I get out and look. Some, a lot of these, we rewind to the winter kill that we had. I think it was in 2019. So a lot of these fields you know, got seeded in that year, so they're kind of getting up there in age anyways. But uh, that's certainly getting a lot of reports of that coming in. I've been in a few uh, in my travels as well and kind of seen it firsthand. And then the last thing, just to uh, put a reminder out to everybody, a lot more cover crops in these fields, a lot of growers that are planting corn into some of these cover crops green and they they haven't terminated that cover crop it really is going to be critical to get that cover crop terminated a lot of those uh, cover crops wheat and rye are really starting to take off and we don't want that taking the moisture and the nutrients away so as we're getting this crop in the ground just make sure that we're getting on the schedule and getting those uh 
fields sprayed off and getting that cover crop terminated before it gets too aggressive out in those fields. So hopefully we'll have uh, some more activity in between. And uh, where are you watching the Derby at tomorrow, Bob? I'm or Maybe you're sure. there in person. Probably, yeah, don't I wish, but uh, <laughs> no, probably at home. Hey, how much uh, nitrogen credit can we take for eliminating those alfalfa stands because we all know how much fertilizer prices are. Is it worth it? That way we get some Yeah, absolutely. If you take the benefit of the nitrogen, you've got maybe $40, $50, $60 an acre worth of nitrogen sitting there in that alfalfa crop and then for the new corn crop. And that yield in that corn following sod is going to be 10 to 20 bushel better than a corn-on-corn scenario. So those two factors make it a lot easier to take that field out It'll almost pay for itself, mm-hmm. even though you've got to turn around and seed down some other acres. So it just just is not worth keeping a questionable stand, no matter what. So Were get out you, there and take uh, a peek. Surprised by that, we had a lot of snow to protect that crop. Uh, yes, I, I just uh, was not expecting to see that. Uh, you know, we really weren't even froze. You had all no, that snow yeah. cover. Can't really see a rhyme or reason for uh, some of these, but. And, again, you can go across certain areas and not hardly find any. Obviously, you don't know the age of those stands, but um, definitely have gotten a lot of calls this week and been in several myself, and, and there's certainly a lot of brown patches, and some of these fields just not uh, worth keeping that growers expected they were going to keep. All right. Worth taking a crop off and then doing it or not? Uh, you know, if the weather permits, it's always best just to get the corn in okay. the ground as quick yep. as you can. All right. There we go. More tips from Mr. Brent. And uh, you can go out in the truck and get Jill's graduation present and bring it in now. Absolutely. I, again, congratulations. Let me know where the after-grad party is with all the other college uh, oh, roommates and things like that. It. You'll hear it. You'll see all the... You'll see <laughs> That'll all the, be on the news, too, Oh, sure. you'll see all the cops there with the red lights going. So, again, Brent Wake with us on a Friday morning on our Winfield United Covering the Crops program. And again, the rain off and on over the weekend, but nice warm temperatures. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report, available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Montovi and the Chilson family of brand dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadah. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com. Do you love maple syrup? Ever thought of making your own? Blaine's Farm and Fleet makes it easy with just a few key items. Stop in today for some friendly advice and all the supplies you need to tap and gather your sap.